Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Game on. Welcome to Oh What A Night, a coronavirus quarantined version um, brought to you with a very, very special lineup this week. Uh, starting at the back, Sean Walsh, in you come to hold things together. How are you? Uh, I'm doing all right, all things considered, Ben. <laughs> that was very bleak. <laughs> yeah, it was really bleak. We weren't even talking about Tottenham. That's <laughs> the wider world. Um, moving into the midfield, Jude, how are you getting on, sir? Hello. Lack of human contact, but all good. All good. <laughs> yeah, missing, missing it. Yeah, it is what it is, isn't it? Yeah. It's kind of strange being at home, isn't it? And like, you, you sort of do like a couple of hours and you're like, oh, it's nice being at home. And then you're like, oh my God, I am so bored. <laughs> Someone come and save me. And then we're playing with two up top this week. So Hunter's back in. A wonderful hosting job last week. Cheers, mate. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, good to good to get on the mic. Take cheers. It was good fun last week as well. It was a really great episode. Oh, that cheers, was a really, mate. really nice kind of like... It was just... Because while I was away, I was in the US last week, for anyone who didn't know we were covering the She Believes Cut. Um, and uh, it was just really nice listening to... Because I was watching games on my own. Listening to people that just sort of seemed to feel the same as I did. Like, when when Deli Ali, for example, scored that penalty, I was, like, relieved, but I also hated everything about us. So it was really, um, it was, it was really quite nice. This is quite cathartic. And then finally, special guest, and what a coup of a signing this is up top. It's like the return of Harry Kane. Um, Tetrunk himself, Jack Hussey. Welcome to the party, pal. Hello, mate. How are you doing? Thanks for the invite. No, thanks for coming on. I mean, it's it's kind of like it, it. I feel that it's pathetically piss poor on my behalf that it's taken for coronavirus to shut down the whole country for me to get you on. But um, but uh, nothing like an apocalypse to uh, to bring me back. In the world, <laughs> <you know. laughs> That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Um, so I think what we'll do this week, I kind of want to. I, I do want to kind of fire straight in. Um, I'm thinking that we'll do we'll we'll start this week with our kind of the bad, the beautiful, the good and the ugly instead of oh what a night because we can do that at the end. Um, but I wanted to kind of like divvy these out if it's all right because we're not sat together and we haven't got the cards to kind of uh, make sense of it all. I'm gonna ask if if one person wants to take the bad, which was Leipzig, and for me, I think it might make sense if Jack Hussey you were able to kick us off because you were there in Leipzig, weren't you? Oh, I was indeed. I had the, I had the, I had the pleasure. <laughs> the, the, the pleasure or the alternative, which was, I mean, I suppose you did have the pleasure in some sense that you were able to go out and get a, get a couple of beers in and actually enjoy your evening a little bit. Yeah, you, you know, it's 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 that old adage, isn't it? It's like don't 
don't let the football ruin the best bit of a European away day kind of thing. <laughs> you know, it's, it's what I always say, mate. You know, me proper turbo geezer. And was it a cool city? Was it good fun? Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I never really want to be disrespectful of uh, anywhere I travel to, but it, it, it was a bit shit. <laughs> a glowing, <laughs> glowing review. I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure it, it strikes me as a place that would have like nice Christmas markets and such. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't. It was just kind of I don't know. It's quite a sort of big industrial city with an old town. You know, like quite a lot of uh, a lot of uh, sort of European places are. You know, not like good old mm. Britain, eh, lads? But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> No, but it was and cool. So tell us a bit about the tell us a bit about the football. Once you got in, did you start optimistic at all? Yeah, I, genuinely speaking, I had this kind of ridiculous feeling that we were actually maybe going to sneak it um, on the day, even with our injuries um, and everything like that. And I, I wasn't re- I wasn't buying into it in the sense that uh, you know we're going to go on this magical run like we did last year. Um, Let's not go back into that one, obviously, because I'm still still recovering. But uh, I just I just kind of had a feeling that we were sort of down on a few men in the uh, in the home leg, and I still think we did all right. Like, don't get me wrong, Leipzig are great; they're drilled very well. They've got some great players, um, but I still I still kind of thought they were a team that could be got at, in much in the way that Dortmund were last year, in that mm. it's, it's very right to hold those teams up. Um, but just being brutally honest, the Bundesliga isn't on the same level as the Premier League, and Spurs, albeit we haven't been that great this season, we're, we're still one of the stronger teams in the Premier League. So I think we often run the risk of perhaps underselling how... You know, intimidating a prospect we probably are to play to a lot of European teams now, um, and I just kind of thought it might have that edge that we maybe did against Juventus a couple of seasons ago in the Champions League, when really we were probably the better team. But Juventus's kind of class and their kind of European experience came through in the end, and obviously that didn't happen at all. So I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> Shawnee, did you watch this game? Because what I I absolutely loved last week is I was was listening, I was in the gym and I was listening as I was on the treadmill. I had to get off the treadmill because I was laughing so much at the fact that you started your review of Burnley by saying, I really wanted a nap. I did that. I napped through the Burnley game. <laughs> I mean, that is just absolutely phenomenal. In this dire time of, of like where it can't get any worse, you think, Do you know what, I'm just not going to bother. I'm just going to have a snooze. Yeah, I explained it last week. Like, I just had such a long day and I had a long evening ahead. And I was like, I need to recharge at some point. Oh, I see Spurs are playing Burnley. Oh, we're playing five centre-backs, are we? Uh, I'll give this one a miss. Okay. Um, but I did watch the Leipzig game. <laughs> I watched it this time. I was at a pub with my dad. And my dad usually goes into these games, kind of like Jack just saying, like, who knows what can happen? We can always try and find a way to win. And after 10, 15 minutes when we were two down, he was effing and blinding in this pack, in this packed pub. He was, he was not having any of it. I wasn't having any of it. But I, I just felt so... It was almost the confirmation of everything that we'd believed 
was bad about the Mourinho era so far in that we really didn't have a plan. We've been exposed defensively so, so often. Even our club captain hasn't covered himself in glory on the pitch. No. There's just nothing left to cling on to anymore, it just feels like. I was <laughs> nodding actually. You got it bang on. I'm I'm looking out the window, sort of wistfully nodding into the distance, thinking this is the end of an era, the end of a team, and that I think we did, we can cling to it for as long as we want, right? But it it is the end of of that team. We're we're sort of turning over some of the players now. You saw a couple of performances again in that game that made you think you're probably not going to be here next year. And do I want you to be here next year? Probably not. Um, yeah, yeah. It had the feeling of like a, a footballing funeral, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. I tweeted afterwards. I was like, that that really felt like the end of an era for Spurs because obviously I believe we'll miss out in the Champions League spots this year. And if you know, who knows what's going to happen with the league. But if it goes on, I I still think we're going to miss out on the spots. And then, you know. It's weird Arsenal have been able to bring in some talent, but they've still missed out on spots. We could very, really easily fall into that really horrible sort of category of, not has-beens, but, you know, the, just that feeling of, you know, you don't want to become another Everton or, another, you know, or Arsenal for six, seven years, basically. Yeah, yeah and I, I think that's probably a good opportunity to to maybe perhaps talk about the ugly as well. I promise there is going to be some really optimistic stuff in this podcast. But Jude, maybe if I can pick your brains on this, because last week also I remember everyone sort of having a little bit of a discussion about Hugo Lloris and and his performance realistically uh, just just wasn't good enough, was it? Yeah, that was really disappointing, wasn't it? Because um, we had talked about maybe him being the man who could at least give some sort of platform for us to get something from that game. But he, he's just soft on the two goals. Um, and at, at that point, the, the tie's away. The tie's away from Spurs. And there's no way they're going to score three goals in, you know, 70 minutes, although they did it last season. But just the way that Leipzig were popping it around in their triangles, and it was just so disheartening to watch. Man, it was... I, I know it didn't... I know the game technically didn't change after one goal, but did anyone else feel like it kind of was over after that first goal? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, big time. It was like a psychological blow that, like, we know what Tottenham are like with their mentality, so they weren't going to bounce back from it on that night anyway. Mourinho said it the other day, didn't he? Mourinho said, we we can no longer afford to go 1-0 behind because we don't have the players to drag a game back whereas if we go 1-0 up we can sit in and make it difficult for teams which is you know it's not how I want to play football but you know he's the manager do you, so do you, even, buy, do you even buy that do you even buy that we could go 1-0 up like a team like Leipzig and then sit in and keep no not at all you saw what happened at Norwich the other day Norwich were out on their legs and we let, at 1-0 we sat in when we could have we could have killed them we could have killed that game so easily we sat in until the 78th minute, whenever they e- they equalised, and we realised that, well, Spurs are a much better footballing team, and and Norwich, Norwich, I mean, were, were dead that game, and we, we should have killed them. Well, I mean, we we literally we literally lost in that Norwich game. We literally lost to a team that pretty much actively wanted to lose. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that's an achievement, right? Like, mm. In itself, that's quite special. Jack, did it feel that at the time for you in the stadium? Did you feel the energy sort of suck out of the away support when the first goal went in? Yeah, I mean, it, it was... It, it, what everyone's saying there is kind of how it felt in the stands as well, that really it was almost like, you know, a sort of sitting in a funeral service, you know, everyone's kind of sat there and they're kind of a trying to enjoy like, oh, you know, there was a lot of talk about this will probably be the last time we'll see us in the Champions League for a few years, try and enjoy it. This kind of sort of chat, but really like, there were no real chance. There was nothing really going on. I think most of us really were just quite, you know, looking forward to half time already just to have some more German beer. And no, you know, it's just cause it's a novelty. It's like we're, we're in Germany. It's just have a beer and try and get on with it. But the football seemed like a, just a byproduct of it. I think every, it's the best way to put it is like after that first goal, it it almost felt a bit like the uh, you know the the Roy Hodgson sat on the touchline kind of meme from when he was in the <laughs> yeah, manager where exactly. it's kind of like oh there's that quiet bit of excitement maybe we'll uh, oh no okay yeah there we go yeah, definitely okay. and that's cut yeah, yeah exactly yeah. yeah so uh, but, but and the thing is is you've you've done a lot of other away days haven't you and during the Champions League one last year. It was very, very different to that. Even when things were bad last year, you kind of did feel there was a sense of cautious optimism, maybe. Oh yeah, it was. I mean, and that—that's what Pochettino, even in the even in the dying throes of it, right? I think the you know I, I you know I'm, I'm a diehard Pochettino fan. I absolutely love the bloke, but I think even even towards the very end, it, it, I started to get the feeling that, you know, he didn't really want to be there anymore and maybe he needed a break and whatever, all those other parts. But even in games like the Brighton game, where, I, I mean, I think everybody knows that was really the final nail in the coffin for him. There's still mm. that bit of you and that that kind of belief he had instilled into not only the fan base, but a lot of the players as well, was something that I've never seen in my life as a Spurs fan, ever. I mean, maybe Yol kind of scratched at that a bit, Redknapp a little bit, but really Pochettino just that belief that we will carry on playing until the very end and we can mm. still win. Even if we are however many goals down in Amsterdam, we can still come back and do it. And they can, they can play their celebratory songs at half-time and we can come back and rub it in their faces. But with <laughs> this, it was just like, nah, you know, it's just, it's not happening, you know? And... It didn't. Um, yeah, and I, I think then that's probably one of the reasons why I actually nearly lost my mind when this week I saw what we're going to call the beautiful, which was Harry Kane out on the training pitch. I've 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 never microanalyzed a seven second <laughs> video so much. Like I I, ju- I I I just found myself watching it over and over again and took so much joy. From just seeing someone that we um, we all probably pin a little bit too much on him at times, and I can actually remember Jack, you you sort of put out quite a funny tweet, which is around the idea of people saying that Tottenham being better off better off without Harry Kane is is the kind of like the football equivalent of flat earthing. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> and and I think that's probably been proved in this time while while we've been without him. Did anyone else see that video, or did anyone else just kind of like see it pop up and instantly just gravitate towards it, like it was like some sort of astronomically large sun? <laughs> I think I watched it about fifteen times, the same as you, to be honest. Yeah. And I, all I, I kept feeling like I was watching a player who used to play for Spurs, like two or three years ago. Like, <laughs> oh god, there's yeah. there's Pavlyuchenko. I love Pavlyuchenko. What a guy. <laughs> what an asset he'd be in the team now. <laughs> it's strange, isn't it? Like, he, it does feel like he's been out forever. Yeah. He's probably only been out at this stage for how many games has he missed? Probably. Six, seven? No, I reckon more than that. FA Cup as well, right? Yeah, that's very true. And yeah, the other thing is, even, even when he did play a bit at the start of the season, he was still you're still kind of waiting for him to get fully fit, weren't you, you know? Mm. Yeah, a hundred percent. And we, I mean, we, I, I, I remember Jude having this conversation with you about whether whether he ever will get back there. And I, I suppose right now, like you just don't care. You just want to see him in. Yeah, I mean, we've probably seen proper Pete Kane, haven't we? I don't know if he'll get like a thirty uh, goal season again in the league or anything like that. Um, but it'd just be lovely to see him nice and sharp and just taking the shots from. You know, whatever angles he he wants, like if he's out by the touchline, just trying to swing one into that top corner, he'll probably go into the Rosette. But it's it's awesome to just sort of see him out there. <laughs> You'd take it, wouldn't you? And just have someone who can keep the ball for a bit, you know, not just run into cul-de-sacs all the time, um, which is sort of what we've got at the moment with the peckers who are up front. <laughs> it does kind of make you think. As, it does sort of make you think as well that that. We've put so much on him. There's been so much responsibility and weight on him. But I have found myself looking over the last few games and just thinking Harry Kane would have been there. <laughs> a, a rebound bounces out of the box. You think Harry Kane would have been there and he would have just gobbled that up. Yeah, absolutely. This is also. I mean, I think it's probably also worth mentioning that this has been absolutely detrimental to Deli Ali's season, where he's just become this sort of the squarest. The squarest man in the roundest in the roundest hole. Do you know what I mean? He he's just been forced to fit any issue we've had. It's like, oh, stick Delhi there. He'll be able to sort it out. Which is which has long prolonged the thing of well, what is Delhi Ali? And it's another season of oh, where does he play? What's his best position? Who who should he be playing with? Should we be trying to get more out of him considering the goals and assists he tends to get? And you know. I think that that might go under the radar because of the injuries, but it's just another season of what ifs and Deli Ali, basically. Yeah, it's been so. This is like the second season in a row that's happened with Deli Ali, and that he's playing all these different positions just to plug the gaps and whatever. And it is making people think that he is this massively overrated guy. He is not a player that we can really build around or whatever. It's I feel really sad for him, like because he's had such little help because he's been the one that's been fit usually well, I, I, it's not a very it's a very loose term of fit because he looks as tired and knackered as anyone he th- I think he said what was it a few months ago I'm 23 my body can't do what it used to anymore like this guy this poor guy's just kind of run himself into the ground Quite trying charming. to keep everything going and people still don't really appreciate him and it's I'm, I'm feeling from, from a human aspect here as well yeah, and, and what's what's strange is that we kind of do that thing as our injuries start to mount. We sort of see the bright lights start to burn 
a little less brightly. And then you look around, you go, right, who's going to save our season? And it just felt like everyone turned and pointed at Delhi and be like, right, you step up now. You fix everything, you know. And then and then you start we, we get him into position where we're like, right, Delhi's going to play up top. You know, when has he ever been a striker? Even though I do think he can occupy the false nine role, it just it just feels like we're asking a lot of him. And I mean, I I don't know why I tortured myself in this way, but I found myself watching the Premier League years, 15, 16 season, where he was just phenomenal. Um, and it's no surprise that he was phenomenal with all those other brilliant players around him, leaving him space to play in between the lines. And I know you guys have sort of done this to death, but I do feel like that he's definitely, definitely suffered, like you said, Hunter. Um, is there any other beautiful moments that, or, or are we okay to move on to the good? No, a lot of tumbleweed there. So in that case, I've got a really fun good to move on to this week. Um, and we've done this on Twitter and we put this out um, as a bit of chat just before we started re- recording. Can we go through how we're going to line up post-coronavirus lockdown? Um, because if Son, Kane and Sissoko are all back, surely that must mean the excuses and the talk around we have too many injuries. Ben Davis will be back as well. Surely that, that sort of... That that surely that has to stop though, right? Surely now this is the time we go. Well, hang on. We've said we don't have a striker. If we have Harry Kane back and you have Son back and you have Sissoko back in midfield as well, I was just going to say the argument will then be well, he needs six, seven, eight months with these players on it. But you know, we'll see. Yeah, what, 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 Jack, do you want to? Because I, I didn't tag you in the tweet. So Jack, tell us who would be your kind of starting eleven once those players are fit. Oh. That's a, that's a hospital pass, that, mate. Um, <laughs> yeah, that is. I've chosen right <laughs> under the bus there, haven't I? Uh, oh, Just waiting for the I... bus to get up to speed and then launched you in. I mean, how do, how do we think we're going to be setting up? I mean, th- this is all part of the problem, right? I don't really know what the shape of our team is. I don't really know how we play, um, how Mourinho would want us to play anyway, and what kind of players we have that are, particularly service it, it feels like we've kind of got a mishmash of like different players that fit different systems at the moment we're kind of in one of those sort of transient places where you know I almost revert back to being like ah, let's just do four three three then do you know what I mean just just get back to that just wallop just lob it up to the wingers who can get it into Kane done you know <laughs> <laughs> because like as, as much as I'd, I'd love us to play a sort of more expansive style and have kind of... Because like we touched on it there like with, with Ali, and he he's definitely suffers from not having Kane to play alongside. Um, and I also think you know this is something else that Kane struggles with, in that I think the decline of Ali and Kane is massively overstated by people not wanting to accept the fact that those two also was so much better when they had a proper functioning midfield unit behind them. And that's something they haven't had since basically Wanyama and Dembele both carked it, you know. Um, I don't think we've ever really been able to build something that properly supports what we had up top since. Um, And I think Ndombele was supposed to kind of be a part of that. And, you know, we've got the Celso now coming through, but it still feels like Neither one of those players is a really strong kind of midfield anchor, right? That sort of DM that we need. Dyer isn't ever going to be that again. Um, you'd think not anyway. So 
I just I, I don't really know what we're looking at, to be honest. Um, I mean, if if we're sort of looking up top, it is it's definitely got to be Kane in the middle. I'd still play Ali off of him because I know Ali is frustrating and he probably isn't playing with the same fluidity that he used to. He seems a bit in his own head, but to me, he's still he's such a and I don't want to say luxury because I don't think he is a luxury player, but I think he's a he's a uniquely talented footballer. Like, I can't really think of anyone else that sort of is similar to him in that you couldn't really clearly say what Deli Ali is as a player other than when he wants to be really good, <laughs> you know? Just like his kind of touch mm. and his eye for space and his sort of ability to bring other players into the game is something that, I don't know, there's a sort of shade of, like, Firmino about it, but he's not quite as sort of ruthless and attack-minded, perhaps, as Firmino is, or or as good as Firmino is, really, at the moment. Um, yeah. But there's there's something there, and he's he's sort of mercurial enough that I'd like to keep him in the side. I still think he's sort of... Because I think there's a lot of quality, uh, sort of, characteristically, he's quite sort of similar to uh, Lucas in, in some respects. Like that, in that they're both mercurial, oh. and they're both kind of a player that you can expect the unexpected from the, the sort of player that can sort of come up with something, even though their output is often very different and their kind of physical attributes are very different. Um, but now I kind of feel like Lucas's place is really under threat from Bergwijn, who I think sort of operates a lot better as part of a system. At least I think Lucas is, the big problem that's always undermined him is that he's too mercurial. He's sort of like one of those nineties mm. Brazilian players that you just kind of put a load of really good players out on the pitch, and that, this does undersell sort of what how good though that sort of nineties Brazil team was. But still, it, it there was a sense that you were putting a load of really talented footballers who could just play in multiple positions out there, and they could all sort of interchange and just know what one another were doing. And I think Lucas would have kind of benefited from playing in a team that perhaps you know, is less structured than whatever Pochettino had before and definitely less kind of, say, defensively minded than what Mourinho has had us playing so far. Um, Lucas just seems to get in people's way a lot of the time. I think I've often found that Kane seems to get a bit frustrated with Lucas. They've never really gelled. Um, so basically, too long didn't read. I'd like Harry Kane up top, Deli Alley behind him, probably Son to the left, Bergwijn to to the right of him. Behind that, I guess it's you know you're hoping for Ndombele and Lacelso. Um, whether or not Ndombele plays or not, who knows? Um, and then I don't know how many players I have left. I've lost count. I've been talking too well, see, much. See, so so the, the the interesting thing there is is what you said, Jack, about the the midfield. Right, is that you you look at it and you go right. We need to probably put like some sort of anchor in and we need someone who's just going to be a bit more defensive minded and I just don't think we've got that player so when I started looking through I thought immediately we need to go back to that whole Sissoko holding Aurier's hand did anyone else have Sissoko in there in that kind of sort of almost like it, it basically removes a player right we play with two two naught point fives in, in some sense, because you end up having to, to just protect the right-hand side. You know how much this pains pains me, because it, it felt like when we were getting rid of Trippier last summer, I don't think any of us were particularly against the sale of 
trip it. It felt like, right, now is the opportunity to, to free Sissoko and he can play play as a more dominant midfielder and not have to worry about the right wing constantly. And all we've done is put in a right back who is arguably worse than Kieran Trippier, who is definitely worse at defending than Kieran Trippier. So we've we've clipped the wings of a of an, of him again this season and then he's picked up the injury. You know, in the summer, I I don't expect James. James Mourinho is, you know, if there's one thing he tends to be quite good at, he's ruthless and he he finds the areas that he knows need to be improved and he gives his list to the chairman and says, that's what I need, make it happen. And if right back and left back aren't top of his list, I mean, along with defence midfielder, you'd argue, there's a problem. But yeah, I, I think, yeah. So Hunter, wins. you 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 did have Sissoko and you did have Aurier, but did you have Ben did. Davis at left back? Yeah, I had Ben Davis at left back only because I I I don't I I don't think Ryan Sessegnon knows what he's supposed to be. It doesn't look like Ryan Sessegnon knows particularly what what he's supposed to be doing at the moment. Um, he still is, you know, as a young player, plenty of potential. Everyone keeps saying plenty of potential. Um, Looks like he's playing within himself, though. Look, everything he's doing is is incredibly safe, and uh, I'd like to see him a bit further up the pitch. To be honest, I'd like to see him sort of taking people on and putting balls into the area, um, rather than playing in a back line. And Jan Vertonghen for me, uh, love Jan, absolutely love him. It'll work in certain games, but but for me, Ben Davis gives you more. So the only the only reason why I so I had Vertonghen uh, left back mm. instead of Davis, I just feel like Davis is someone that should be far better at crossing and passing than he is. Like he seems to get into advanced positions, and I find myself thinking like, God, I have no idea what he's going to do with the ball here. It just feels like there will be no end product. And um, Vertonghen played left back against Norwich, didn't he? I actually thought he did quite well there in terms of like the, yeah. his, his putting balls into the box and stuff. And if Kane is coming back, I'm thinking, God, get as many balls into the box as possible. And um, what about uh, Sean? What about you, mate? What did you have down as your eleven? Oh God, mate! <laughs> the last five minutes we've been talking about us or whatever. I just keep thinking in my head, this is all pointless. <laughs> oh God! Doomsday <laughs> scenario. But the thing is, the reason. Thinking... He's on Doomsday, yeah. I just keep... I, I, sorry, because I don't want to take away from the good. Um, but I just keep thinking to myself, so what we were talking about with um, square pegs and round holes, even when we're doing that, it still doesn't seem like we have an idea of what Mourinho wants to play. We don't know what the style is. We don't know what the end goal is. Um, from what we've gathered, we've, we, we're not going to get a rebuild in the summer. Mourinho's come out and said that a couple of times now um, but we're in dire need of re- a rebuild we've needed a rebuild for a couple of years I just keep do thinking you, is it going to matter what team we put out there do, what, do you not think though I was just going to say in terms of the, the rebuild I I do think there is something of a point in that but I, I, I also have felt a little bit with the kind of Mourinho not saying we're going to have a rebuild it is, it's a bit like the old uh you know, in the office there, you're not going to lose your job. You're not going to lose your job. <laughs> you know, it's 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 sort of got that sort of shade of like, I've got no players here and they need to try and at least get in the kind of top six. 
So I'm not going to sort of say to them they're crap and they half of them need replacing. But, you know, I don't know. Apart from Ndombele, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Apart from the record <laughs> signing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Probably our uh, most naturally gifted footballer we've got in there. Instead, we'll, we'll, we'll pan him, though. Um, so, Sean, you're, you're, I saw your article the other day saying that Spurs have kind of essentially created a scenario where they have a bunch of players that don't fit a system that also kind of may or may not exist. Um, and they've picked a manager who doesn't fit into the kind of philosophy of the club. So where does that kind of leave? For, for me, for the rest of the season, I'm at least thinking at least we can kind of potentially have another few performances like we did against West Ham, where it wasn't beautiful football, but it certainly was functional. And you, you got the best out of Son to some extent. You saw Deli Ali playing between the lines. You saw Kane getting the goals. Um, I still think there's potentially some. There's an avenue there we might be able to go down. I think we can make it work to win games here and there. Like the performance I keep thinking about too is when we beat Villa away. I think we made so so many chances in that game. We weren't good defensively, but we haven't been good defensively in pretty much any game this season. But at least we were good going forward. And I think if we have Son back, if we have Kane back now that he has a rest, and we don't have to rush him back either, maybe we can start being good at making chances again. Like just. There might not be method behind it, but at least we can score some goals here and there. We might we might win a few games, we might take a few scalps because this might be like a big period of reflection for everyone at the club just to kind of sit down and think, okay, what do we want to do here? Um, and that, I'm just hoping on that. I'm really, really hoping that at least once everyone's back, there will be a clear source of goals going forward. I'm not, I'm not holding out for defensive reinforcement, but... At least we can outscore teams, maybe. Jude, what about you, mate? Where uh, where are you sitting on the team? What would you like to see? Um, what did I have? Um, I had to, yeah, I had Sissoko sort of doing that Aurea nanny babysitting job. <laughs> um, <laughs> then yeah, with Lacelso and Lacelso is that sort of runner on the halfway line, and and Dombele a little further forward, and Son and Bergwijn on the wings. I just think it'd be nice to see the team playing with a bit more pace get them going on the counter and just trying to whip balls in for Kane to either prod in or you know just get on the end of something a bit more exciting I mean it's all hypothetical isn't it it's probably they're probably going to stump Eric Dyer with Sissoko in the middle at some point but you know we'll see (laughs) we'll see he's so true true. right okay I think that's that's enough I feel like we've kind of done enough of a deep dive there into like why that will just not work. Um, but <laughs> instead of doing uh, Oh What A Night at the beginning, I thought we'd do it at the end because we can end on a much more cheery note. So I've picked this week, season 15-16, um, because I watched the, uh, the the Premier League years of it the other day, and it was a what game season? at the back end of that season. Oh, not the 5-1. Um, Please, not the 5-1. It was, no, no, it was against Man United, and does anyone know what the score was? 3-0. Well, it was 3-0, right? It is 3-0. Jude, you can kick us off. Can you remember the team? Oh, no. Okay. Um, uh, Larice. It, it was. was. Yes. Uh, Walker. Um, it's got to be Alderweire out of Vertonghen and Rose. Yes. Um, Dembele. Yep. Dyer. Yep. yep. 
Uh, oh, this is where it gets a bit more. Le was Lamella in there? He scored and assisted, didn't he? He was in there. God, we could be on for a clean sweep here. This is incredible. Lamella! <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three! Uh, Sorry. Oh, yeah. God, it was so good, isn't it? Uh, Ali, and then? I would have been Kane up front, but who's the other Who's the other geezer? Uh, I'll go with Son. Was it Son? Incorrect. Oh, he came dude. off the bench. Who wants to complete the lineup? You plonker. It's Christian Eriksen. <laughs> oh, of course. Oh. Oh, I've removed him from my brain, so that's my excuse. <laughs> yeah, just phased him out. Um, I wanted to know, does anyone know... Within what space of minutes did those three goals come in? Was it six. Six minutes, yeah. It was six minutes. Well played. Now, can anyone remember the scorers? Uh, Ali, Aldevarald, Lamella, right? Yeah. Well, Jude finally smashes it. Do you know why I remember this game so clearly? It's because I was, I was working in a pub and I, I had it on the TV and I went to the toilet and missed all of the goals in that time <laughs> and I was like how is that my whole weekend I was working in the pub all weekend and I've managed to miss the six minutes that actually mattered to me what what a time to take a <laughs> shit mate that... I know I know <laughs> timing <laughs> six minutes as well Jesus yeah. um, I know that, that, that in and out no time at all I'd probably just gone in and put it on now TV. Get it on the. Get it on in the. Uh, while you're having a bit of me time in there. <laughs> I think that was probably the. I think that was probably the first time that I've ever watched Spurs and, uh, against Man United and thought, God, we are so much better than them. Yeah. It, it took away really, the fear of Man really nice. I've just had a Google of their team, and their team is pretty terrible. To be fair, it was absolute gubbins, wasn't it? Do you want to run through yeah. it? Go so in goal they got David de Gea, right back Fosu Mensa, Chris Smalling and Daily Blender, centre back Marcus Rojo, left back Schneidlin and Carrick, Holding, Mata right, Lingard centre, and Martial left with Rashford up top. Rashford who got hooked for Ashley Young at half time. Yeah, I think I know why we won three. I now. mean, yeah, what? Um, but we yeah. were just. That in that little patch we were unplayable. It was absolutely phenomenal, and I would sort of again I stupidly did one of these deep dives the other day into the, the the dark recesses of Twitter and found some of the clips of us pressing in that game. No, you've and, done it, and I, you I, idiot. I, and I re, I remember thinking, wow, I used to go into games thinking we are just going to win, that like, whoever it was. No, it, it, was, was, it, it was that. It was just. <laughs> <laughs> it was just that thing that we were going to press, wasn't it? Go on, Jack. I was, I was just saying, I thought this was supposed to be a cheerful end. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just depressing. I feel like crying. Over. But it... <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a good era. Does anyone have any, any other business that they want to end on? Does anyone have any other nice things that we can say to get us through? What are you all doing to get through this next couple of weeks corona-wise? Corona update. <laughs> uh, I, I, I really, I had a football match this weekend, but my my Saturday team's still playing. We won two one. So you're still playing. You know, so if anyone wants to come down playing. and watch some some <laughs> upper echelon football, they can still oh, get yeah. down to to watch you. 
South West London's Premier League. So, you know, get yourself down that way. 100%. And <laughs> um, Sean, Jude, what's the, what's the vibes at home? What are you doing to keep occupied? I've been playing FM, uh, football manager with Roma, and I've lost the players. And um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we're about we're about eighth or ninth. We're we're doing well in the Euro Cup, and we're in the final of the Italian Cup. But I don't think we're going to make Champions League. Are, are, are you at the stage of having ultras sharp at your house with like spray painted banners saying that they're going to skin you like a pig or something? Yeah, they've sent death threats to my mum and stuff like that. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, Shawnee. Um, anything your end? My housemates the other day they saw um, the Formula One game from last year was on sale on the PlayStation Store, so we've been playing a lot of that, trying to learn how to drive. Basically, it's it's a really hard game to play. It is. Hard. I, I, I just found myself doing the exact same thing, <laughs> sitting there going through the PlayStation Store, being like, "What on earth are we gonna do with this time?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that new, that new free Call of Duty game. Trying it, I've I've got it downloading in the background. Oh, we'll have to invite everyone on for a game yeah. of Call of Duty, won't we? I've, my internet connection is so bad; it estimated that it would take me sixteen hours to download it. So that's, <laughs> that's always helpful. I think mine's the, six left. So yeah. So the good the good news is my upload speed means that this podcast will go out by the time we're back from the Corona break. <laughs> um, right, Jack. Um, thank you so much for coming on, mate. It's been an absolute delight. And, I mean, I'm sorry for depressing you so much towards the end. It's all right, mate. It doesn't take much, you know me. So, uh... It's been a pleasure. And I'm, I'm really enjoying so, the pod as well, so keep it keep it up. Thanks. Oh, thanks, bud. Cheers, nice mate. nice little patronising pat on the back there. I know at the end, but... <laughs> 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 Um, yeah, thanks so much for listening, everyone, as well. Keep those ratings coming in. Subscribe if you haven't already. Um, check out everyone on Twitter and follow a What A Night Pod at a What A Night Pod on Twitter as well, and we'll try and keep you up to date with some clips and stuff that'll be uh, happening in the meantime whilst everything's on lockdown. Stay safe, everyone, and we'll see you all next time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.